We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tuesday edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen joined by Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, the, the Thanksgiving holiday is behind us. Uh, Christmas now firmly set in our sights. Uh, that that's always a big one, of course, for the NBA. Uh, big inflection point. It, it always feels like for the season as well. Um, we don't have a ton of, of major things to get to this week. We'll, we'll talk Carl Anthony Towns. He exited last night's game. Uh, for the Timberwolves with what was now diagnosed as a calf strain. That's a pretty big sigh of relief for Minnesota. Uh, obviously, you're always thinking about the Achilles when you see a guy go down non-contact grabbing that calf, but it uh, looks like it's going to be weeks rather than months for Carl Anthony Towns. Other than that, it's been a lot of the same injuries that we've been tracking. We're still having guys go in and out night to night. Uh, you know, we, we had the Celtics resting some guys over the weekend. <laughs> Did not matter last night. They just completely trounced. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets put up over 120 in three quarters. Uh, the, the first thing I want to ask you, Alex, are the Celtics in a category of their own uh, at this point as, as we kind of near the 20-ish game mark for most teams? I think, I mean, it, it really does feel like they're kind of going about things very quietly. Like, I, I feel like I don't hear that much about the Celtics when I'm just like on Twitter, right? you know, just talking to people. I, I feel like they're not really being discussed. And I think part of that is, that they've just been so good for so long going back to last year and and even the years before they've been to they've, they've done so well in the playoffs over the past like yeah. five years with Tatum. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think all the indicators of that this is real. I mean, their schedule hasn't been especially soft. They're, they're continuing to have, you know, big victories. They're taking care of business mm-hmm. against bad teams. Um, and they have just one loss. Uh, they have two losses this month. But one of those was a one-point loss to Cleveland, and the other one was a bizarre sort of fifteen-ish point loss to the to the Bulls. But they've been killing it ever since. Yeah, there was no Celtics talk at the Thanksgiving table 
this year uh, in, in Milwaukee. It was crazy. No one brought up the Boston Celtics. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I mean, they are, they're only one game up on Milwaukee in the loss column. So I, I'm sure there are Bucks fans listening saying, Hey, the Milwaukee Bucks are right there. So, you know, in terms of overall record, it's not like they're sitting there at 21 and two and, you know, have this firm lead over everyone else. I mean, the, the Bucks are right there. The Cavs aren't far behind uh, in the West, you know, Phoenix, Denver, only a few games back, but I mean, the Celtics are the best offense in the league. Uh, it feels like they're the most consistent team. I mean, they've been blowing basically everybody out uh, throughout the month of November. And I, I think it's it's quite possible, Alex, that we maybe uh, overestimated the impact of the Ime Udoka situation. That feels like a, a distant memory. I, you know, now that, that the whole flirtation of Udoka and the Nets is behind us, it just feels like that story is completely faded away. Yeah, I think that's why it's important to build sort of a, a good structure of assistant coaches, you know, behind, but I, part, part of this too, with the Celtics, they have not really got bitten by the injury bug. They haven't really missed t- too much time due to illness. Too many guys haven't been out like Tatum, Brown, smart, Grant, even Grant Williams. Those guys have played like pretty much every game. And you start comparing them to teams who are near them in the standings or near them in simple rating. We talk about the Suns right? Not too far behind. Uh, don't have missed Chris Paul for like nearly half their games at this point. Cam Johnson got injured super early. Uh, the Cavs continued to deal with, you know, injuries along, uh, you know, like Garland missed a ton of time to start. Now Allen's out. The Bucks don't have Chris Middleton. They were missing holiday for a bit. Um, the 76ers, you know, obviously Embiid, Maxi, Harden. So, Yes, the Celtics are in a class of their own, but they I think they have also had better injury luck than pretty much every other team around them. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, they've avoided the major injuries. Obviously, Robert Williams has not played yet this season, uh, which is pretty scary, I think, for the rest of the league. Uh, and there's no pressure, of course, for him to come back anytime soon. If you're Robert Williams, you know the, the last thing you want is basically what transpired last year in the playoffs where he's in and out. He never really felt like he was 100%. And obviously, they're going to wait as long as they can to bring him back, but you're right. I mean, they, they did hold Tatum out on Sunday. They held Brown out last night. Uh, it was some pretty minor issues, but they have avoided anything major. That certainly helps. Um, that's a natural transition to talk about Carl Anthony towns who, uh, you know, what was the report from Woj? He's going to miss three to four weeks uh, at minimum. You know, this was a, a non-contact situation goes down. Couldn't put any weight uh, on that right side. Had to be helped off the floor into the locker room by Rudy Gobert last night. Uh, four to six weeks, excuse me, was the report from Adrian Wojnarowski earlier today. So essentially, we're not seeing Carl Anthony Towns until after Christmas. Yeah, and I'm not sure, you know, from a fantasy perspective, Towns really doesn't play that much center anymore. Right. So sort of who benefits? It's not It's not like that, that Naz Reed, you snap him up immediately off the waiver wire. You know, if you have Sunday waivers, we're at least going to get to see two games that the the Wolves play before you have to make a decision. But, um, you know, I think it could just end up being a committee thing. A little more Kyle Anderson, a little more Torian Prince. You know, maybe Jalen Noel plays more. Uh, They try maybe Nas Reed at power forward. I'm just not sure there's like, there's not like a direct ad um, in fantasy. But as far as their, you know, their uh, prospects of like winning games go, you know, I don't I don't feel like he's been super effective this season. Obviously, not having him around is going to create a ton of issues. Um, it's it's possible their defense gets better with him out, but uh I worry about their offense, obviously. 
Yeah, I, I think that is a a big issue. And obviously this team, it, it still feels like has not clicked for an extended period this season. And I think in the short term, you know, they'll, they'll be relatively okay without Carl Anthony Towns. I think if anything, it's, it's kind of a natural way of temporarily solving the my turn, your turn situation that we've seen on and off between Towns and Anthony Edwards. I think this is pretty much Edwards team uh, for the next month and a half year, but it also kind of kicks the can down the road as far as building that chemistry and, and, you know, kind of becoming the type of team that they need to be if they want to go somewhere in the playoffs. So you're bringing Towns back likely sometime in January. And, you know, at that point you got about a month until the trade deadline, all of a sudden the playoffs are there. Uh, so, you know, it kind of delays that timeline, I guess, for this team to mesh. And, you know, they end up getting blown out by the Wizards last night. They, they previously had gotten blown out by Golden State. They lost to the Hornets uh, before that. So uh, not exactly an ideal time uh, to, to lose your best overall player. No, no. And they, they only have like a couple big wins. They've been blown out as much as they've, you know, been handing out blowouts. So this is this is tough for them being 10 and 11. Um, and... You know, they're not playing like that much better than the Lakers even at this point. Well, so that's tough. <laughs> yeah, that we just use the Lakers as like the, the measuring stick at this point. It's like, are uh, yeah. you truly really a bad team? Are you better than the Lakers? I don't know. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, lost at the buzzer last night on an Andrew Nemhard uh, three-pointer after the Lakers somehow failed to secure like seven offensive rebounds <laughs> in the final minute of that game. Like it, it really felt like they, they would have had some semi-real momentum uh, with a win last night. Uh, but of course they could not quite get it done uh, against the Indiana Pacers. It, it does feel like I, this is completely anecdotal. I, I should actually look this up, but all the times that like LeBron teams are rumored to trade for someone, I feel like they always lose to those guys before a trade happens. And then that like pushes the organization to make that trade That That's what I was telling myself as I was watching that game late last night on NBA TV. Uh, you, you, you're more, versed in that sort of a thing than I am, I am. being a, I am. Uh, a yes I um yeah I mean the Lakers are picking it up uh picking it up a little bit uh Anthony Davis you know is, is missing some time right now but he's playing out of his mind so yeah. if he can continue to keep that up while LeBron is there then you know I think they could start trending more towards 500 it's just a matter of I mean maybe you know maybe the chemistry is starting to get there a little bit like I don't think any of us really believe in and the Lakers role players, but eventually even a team like this will start to get some chemistry, I think. And I think that's what's happening right now. Although it may, a lot of it, I think a lot of it is hinging on Anthony Davis continuing to play the best basketball of his career. To me, that's, I wouldn't necessarily bank on that. No, me neither. And I, a lot of that, you know, those big, big games that we saw from Davis came with LeBron out of the lineup. Uh, you know, his, his potential for those type of performances obviously goes down with LeBron back. I will say this team does seem to be meshing in a way that last year's Lakers team never really did. Um, you know, Westbrook you know, kind of embracing a new role has been interesting to say the least. There have been some highs. Uh, there was one point last night where he used three straight possessions. He, he shot the ball late in the game. LeBron did not touch the ball. Uh, believe it or not, the Lakers only scored on one of those, which was a, a like a horribly ill-advised mid-range jumper that bounced off the rim, went straight up, uh, and ended up falling in. Uh, Westbrook, of course, acted like, of course, I was going to make that. But yeah, I, I still think, you know, long-term, as long as Westbrook is on this team, they're not going anywhere. I think they know that. I still think a trade is, is going to be in the works at some point. And we should say, I mean, they had won five out of six going into last night. Those five wins came against the Nets without Kyrie, the Pistons, 
the Spurs, the Spurs, and the Spurs again. They beat the Spurs three <laughs> times in four games. <laughs> yeah, so you know we should probably uh, we should probably yeah. taper our expectations based on the, uh, the the sort of strength of schedule here. I think I uh, to me their main problem is they just aren't even playing that well when AD and LeBron are on the floor at the same time. Like right. if you control if you control for the the possessions that LeBron and AD are on the court, six hundred and five possessions. They're minus 3.7 per 100 possessions. So you're not even winning those minutes. And that's that to me is the concern. Right. And, and that we started to see that slippage last year as well. That was always the thing, you know, throughout LeBron's prime re- prime years, excuse me, which was, you know, 15 plus. It was, all right, when LeBron's on the court, you know you're winning those minutes by a big margin. Can you survive when he's off the court? Yeah, when you're not winning the LeBron minutes, that, that is a major, major, major issue. Uh, and the Lakers, they, they play home against Portland on Wednesday. After that, Six games in 10 nights, all on the road. They, they go on their annual Eastern Conference road swing. So they got to play Milwaukee, uh, the Red Hot Wizards, the Cavs, the Raptors, the Sixers, and the Detroit Pistons. So not a ton of obvious uh, wins on that schedule. And once they return home, uh, they're, they're greeted by a home matchup against the Boston Celtics. So uh, a little bit of fool's gold, I think, by, by this little mini run by the LA Lakers. Um, so, you, you know, talking about towns, you mentioned fantasy-wise, there's not really... Uh, an obvious guy who just steps right in, you know, in the past, that's been Nas Reed, obviously not a ton of upside there either way. Um, you know, Jalen Noel has been picking up some more minutes of late, you know, not a, a one-to-one uh, type of guy who, who slides in there given the positional difference, but Jade McDaniels has been banged up a little bit. So they've been compensating for that. Torian Prince uh, has missed a couple games of late as well. I, I'm with you that I, I don't think there's anything obvious here. I think this definitely boosts Anthony Edwards. I, I think it definitely boosts Rudy Gobert. Beyond that, not a whole lot. Yeah, I'm just I just opened our our on off court stats page, and you know I I think you're right. Anthony Edwards actually gets a seven percent usage boost uh, with eighty off the floor, so thirty three percent usage for him. Um, he's I mean if so if you I mean obviously he's not available in any leagues, right? I mean you you look at the players who actually are available. And to me, it's it's Noel and Kyle Anderson are, are you know, basically each get like a 5% usage boost. Noel has played the most minutes with Towns off the court. Um, although he's mostly a scorer. Uh, it's worth keeping an eye on. You know, again, if they have Sunday waivers, they play twice. Or if you have Sunday waivers, they play twice before. Then you'll at least get a, a taste of the rotation, how they how they handle it. Yeah, I mean, to, to give listeners a little peek behind the curtain, if I was writing a note uh, on Carl Anthony Towns, I would say this is a situation to monitor over the next few games, uh, how this rotation ends up shaking out. The Rotowire NBA pod is brought to you by Picket. Picket is a social bet tracking app that takes all the hassle out of tracking your bets and your performance over time. Picket connects to all of the major U.S. sports books. We're talking DraftKings. We're talking FanDuel, all the major ones, uh, as well as all DFS pick'em providers like Prize Picks, Underdog Fantasy, Thrive Fantasy, and others. You know all about that if you use Rotowire and you listen to this show. Once you hook up your sportsbook or your DFS sites, Picket does all the heavy lifting to slice and dice your betting data. You'll get detailed historical PL, you'll get graphs, unique breakdowns by team, sport, player, bet type, etc. You get the gist. Basically, if you want to track every time you bet the over on Bull Bull's points prop this season, or every time you, I don't know, get sucked into once again taking the Broncos money line, maybe that's just me. Hopefully it is. Uh, either way, Picket is the app for you. You can track all of your bets. You can sort by team, player, season, etc. 
You can also line shop for the best odds across your link sportsbooks to make sure you're always getting the most bang for your buck. When your bets are live, you can track the scores and stats of the games you bet on, as well as get player prop updates from most major player prop markets. That means no more switching between your sportsbook app and different score apps. I love this idea, personally. Uh, That means no more opening, closing, reopening, closing, opening again. NBA box scores every five minutes on a Wednesday night when you got 12 games going on. It's all right there in the app. You're getting those alerts uh, basically just like you would uh, if you got a fantasy football app and you're watching a game and Jonathan Taylor's in the red zone. Well, you're getting those kind of updates for your player props. This has been a long time coming. I love this idea from Pickett. By far, however, the biggest differentiator is that Pickett syncs your historical data and all your bets from the legal major sports books. There is no manual entry required to track your bets. Again, no manual entry. This is massive. That saves you a ton of time. And once you have your accounts linked, it's pretty much effortless from there. The social feed and the community is really what turns Picket from just a bet tracking app to a real home for betting. When you can learn from others, you can see what other people are betting. You can tail them if you want. You can go the other way if you want. Uh, You can even find verified content to inform your betting decisions each night. Visit Picket.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com to download the Picket app today. Again, that's Picket, P-I-K-K-I-T. The NBA is back. On behalf of Vivid Seats, let's get one thing clear. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team beat every other team live and in person to the sound of thousands of screaming fans. Vivid Seats believes that real fans deserve to be rewarded and that you deserve a ticketing platform that not only makes it easy to find great deals, but also rewards you all season long. Vivid Seats is the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards with every purchase. No one else has that. They even have a 100% buyer guarantee that your ticket will be as legit as your love for the game. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today and use our promo code ROTOWIRE for $10 off your first purchase of at least $100. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E for $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. I want to talk MVP uh, real quickly. And, you know, we're basically uh, nearing the quarter mark in the season. So enough of a sample, I think, where we can reasonably discuss this and and we're not talking about guys who played four games. Uh, Giannis is the early favorite right now at DraftKings. Luka right behind him. Jason Tatum right behind him. Those guys are, are are basically neck and neck. You know, we're talking Giannis at plus 270, Tatum at plus 310. Uh, then you get down to the next year, Stephen Curry, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Kevin Durant. Nikola Jokic is 20 to 1. I, I think we both feel like he's a cross-off. Uh, then you start to get into some of the longer shots, you know, Devin Booker, SGA, Damian Lillard, guys like that. LeBron, by the way, 200 to 1. Um, I, I don't think he's going <laughs> to win it this year. Pretty comfortable with that. Uh, this is going to be a loaded field and barring an injury, I, I think we're going to keep having this Giannis versus Luca versus Tatum. And I think Curry's going to sneak his way in there. Uh, that, that debate is going to be there. And, you know, we'll talk about Kevin Durant in a little bit. who has been fantastic of late, but if the Nets can find a way to, to at least hang around and become, you know, a borderline top five team in the Eastern conference, but we'll see if that's a real possibility. I, I think his name could be in this mix as well. I wouldn't make the Durant bet, but no. I agree that there's a chance the odds shorten as the season goes along. Um, is you know his production has been as good as ever. I mean, it's not it's not a question of his production. It's a question of the wins and the team chemistry and the narrative. Yeah. 
and obviously MVP is, is very um, it's pretty dependent on team wins and, and narrative. Uh, so to me, like to me, Giannis, Doncic, and Tatum are sort of tied right now, and I think it just comes down to if you believe that one of these teams, Bucks, Mavericks, Celtics, is definitively better than the other, then I think that's the the guy you pick. If you're going for the Steph Curry route, I think it's a it's a bank on the bench is going to figure it out or Curry's going to start playing 38, 39 minutes a game and reaching new levels of usage and all that to just carry the team to like the four seed or the three seed. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it's so obvious that he's the only reason they're good. But, um, you know, as of right now, Giannis, Luca or Tatum, again, just whatever team you think is, is most dominant of those three that I, that's who I would go with. Yeah, I think the narrative is going to be there for Curry. Like you said, he is the reason that the Warriors are are sitting at 10-11 right now, which is not an impressive record. But I remain convinced that the Warriors are going to get this thing turned around. I still think come April, we're, we're going to be talking about Golden State as the team to beat in the Western Conference yet again. And, you know, really the reason that Stephen Curry wasn't in this discussion last year beyond roughly this point in the year. At the 20-game mark last year, Stephen Curry was the MVP. That, that seems like a long, long time ago. But the reason he dropped out is, you know, one, he had the injury at the end of the year. And two, he shot, you know, his career worst 43% from the field and 38% from three. Like those are very unStephen Curry numbers. And, you know, when we were projecting him this year, you're kind of starting to think like, is, is it really possible? Is, is he starting to fall off? I guess he's 34 years old. He's fully back statistically this season. I mean, he's now at a career high 52% from the field, 44% from three. That's his best mark since 2015-16. That was the last year he won the MVP. Uh, he's up up at 91% at the line. The assists are there. The steals are there. Uh, the rebounds are there. Obviously, the raw scoring is there as well. So uh, with Curry, it, it's kind of the same argument as Durant, but I just feel way better about the Warriors getting this thing turned around than I do the Nets. Oh, yeah, for sure. They've, they've been there, done that. The team chemistry is not as bad. I mean, and if you're going... You know, if you're going by on-off numbers, point differential, it's Jokic and Curry actually are the top two. If you go, go guys who've played 400 plus minutes, but the you know that Warriors starting five, I mean, this is this tells you how bad their bench is. That their record is pretty middling. Like you know, they're uh, 11 and 10. If you look at the the point differential leaders again, guys, 400 plus minutes. Two is Curry, three is Draymond, four is Clay, and then Looney and Wiggins are like seven and eight. Mm. So it really is their starting lineup. That's doing absolutely everything. Yeah. A lot of the advanced numbers love Curry. No surprise there. I mean, he's way up there in terms of true shooting. It's basically him, Austin Reeves and a bunch of big men uh, at the top <laughs> of the list. If, if you sort on, on basketball reference, uh, I mean, he's, he's the leader in VORP. He's uh, behind only Jokic in win shares per 48. He's first in total win shares. Um, and you know, the usage rate is North of 30%, but we have so many guys in that category this season that he's not even top 10 in the league in usage. You know, I, I think that's, that's, that's maybe a, something that he uses in his favor in this argument. It's like, you know, his, his usage rate is eight percentage points lower than Giannis, who I, I was shocked to learn by the way, that Giannis has a much higher usage rate than Luka Doncic. I mean, it's like a, a point and a half higher. I guess pretty surprising. I wonder if it's a turnovers thing uh, yeah. or free throws, a free throws thing. Because, you know, Giannis, Giannis uses more shots to get his points than Luka because right. Luka takes more threes. And I think Luka's turnovers are a little bit lower. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I think 
think I, I wish there was a usage stat that also tracked assists. I'm sure there's a number out there that I'm just not thinking of, but as of right now, usage is just like uh, shots and turnovers. Right. Yeah. I mean, both Luca and Giannis are, are way up there just in terms of assist rate. Um, you know, which is just an estimate of the percentage of, of field goals that you assist on while you're on the floor. So Luca has a 38% usage rate and a 46% assist rate, which is preposterous. Um, that, that's number two, the assist rate behind only Halliburton. Giannis is 12th at 33.6%, which also pretty wild. Like everyone else on this list is either a point guard or Draymond Green or LeBron. Um, you know, big men don't really have assist rates in the 30s. Joel Embiid, uh, for reference, is closer to 25%. Um, you know, Embiid, we mentioned 13 to 1 for MVP. The individual numbers look really good. He got off to kind of a rough start. It was a little clunky with Harden. As soon as Harden went down, you know, Embiid starting having some some monster games, some Anthony Davis-esque type of games. Uh, but it, to me, in general, it kind of feels like he's lost a little bit of steam. I, I think a, a lot of people were going into this year thinking, all right, if it's not Giannis, maybe it's Embiid's turn. You know, he's been so close the last couple of years. We've seen a lot of guys come up short, and then eventually uh, it kind of becomes, quote-unquote, their turn when someone like Jokic has to step aside because he's won two straight. And Embiid is still very much in the mix. You know, a couple of good weeks here and there. Uh, and I think we'll see those odds come down. But I think relative to where he was on opening night, uh, even though he's averaging 32 and 10, it for some reason it, it feels just like a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean, and the, you know, the advanced numbers don't necessarily point his direction um, yeah. as much as some of the other guys. But I I agree. I It's it's tough to win it when you're a center. And, you know, Jokic won it partially because he's essentially a point guard playing center. And I don't know. I, it's just, I he probably should be getting, at the, like, on one hand, yes, he probably should be getting more love for MVP than he is because he is, one of the most dominant two-way forces in the NBA. On the other hand, he's, he is fifth. Like he's, he's fifth in the odds, which is pretty high. Right. Uh, so I don't love the bet in general. It's the same reason I don't love taking a beat in fantasy, which is I'm always worrying about injuries. I'm worrying about rest. Yep. Already missed eight games. Already. Yeah. The foot, it's a foot thing this time, which is obviously concerning. So I don't love the bet. But I get where you're coming from if you look at that and say 13 to 1 isn't bad. Yeah. And beat is, is so crazy with these injuries where you're thinking, all right, here we go. Big man with a foot injury. You know, this, this was a, a big time issue coming into the league, misses four games in a row, comes back, immediately puts up 38, 7, 2, and 2. You're like, I, I just, it's ridiculous. Like, whenever he's on the court, it's just been completely preposterous. Like, his last seven games, 36 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, two and a half blocks. 51% from the field, 87% at the line. And I, I, it's kind of a shame that I think he missed those four games without Harden because you know maybe those odds would be a little bit lower. But if nothing else, I, I think the fact that somebody with these numbers, 32, 10, and five with two blocks is the you know fifth in the MVP rankings right now, I, I think just speaks to the kind of seasons that Giannis, Luka, Tatum, Curry, Morant are having. Like we have like five guys that are having all-time statistical seasons. Yeah, I if I the league is we we mentioned this like I feel like we mentioned this every fifth yeah. podcast. The league is so stacked. It's so stacked full of Hall of Fame talent and uh, a lot of these guys are are just going to like we're we're going to look up, you know, I you, it's not even you know someone who's like barely making All-Star games. Uh you know like the Siakam sort of had like a, a down year or two there, but we're going to look up probably in like you know, eight years and Siakam will have averaged like 18, seven and five for 
almost a decade. It's like, well, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as far as Embiid goes, some of it too is I don't, I, I think he's, the coaching in Philadelphia with Doc Rivers, I've, I've watched a decent amount of the 76ers and it's just, it's hard to watch sometimes. He's, he's not going to get, like, I think in a different environment with a different coach, he could have a, a season that's like one of the best seasons of all time, uh, like Jokic-esque. But I just don't, I don't think he's in that spot. And you compare that to guys like Curry who have the historical precedents and are well coached and all that stuff. And it's, I, again, I think it be deserves to be where he is. Uh, but he's, he's sort of in that second uh, tier right now. I mean, they're five and three without him this season. I, I think that you know, Harden going <laughs> Harden and Maxi going down. I think in, in a vacuum almost helps Embiid's case. You know, I think that's like, this is your opportunity, man. Like if you're, if you're, if you could stay healthy and, and just put up crazy numbers for two months while Harden is out, I, I think your case rests on that. But yeah, they, I mean, they've had some soft games without Embiid and, and maybe that's part of the reason that they did hold him out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, being five and three without him is not exactly a feather in your cap when it comes to that argument. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Kevin Durant, last three games, 37 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Uh, I, I was telling you, I, I did not realize uh, the season that Kevin Durant is having statistically. And I mean, it, it just speaks to um, you know who Durant is at this point that you, you just expect it. But 55% from the floor, he's only shooting 34% from three. That would be his worst mark since his rookie year. Uh, so if he was sh- if he was shooting just average for his career from three, he would be at like 56% from the field. He's at 92% 
at the line. Um, I, I think we, we kind of went down that path of, well, is, is Durant losing it a little bit, you know, after getting swept out around one last year? Uh, the answer to that, Alex, is no, he is not. <laughs> he lives in the mid-range. He, he is absolutely, which, which he always has. Um, he doesn't, as he's gotten older, and I don't know how much the injuries have piled up, that mid-range shot, again, it, you see guys like DeRozan do it um, and, and Durant, where it's like, if you can just get that shot and you can shoot over people, it's so much more consistent than the three-pointer. And a guy, you know, I everybody knows who Kevin Durant is at this point, but the fact that he's able to do this at 34, 35 years old tells you just how, how uh, amazingly skilled he is and how, mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's underrated, he just gets kind of a bad rap, right? Like he's had kind of sort of a, he's had one of the most bizarre careers for an all time great uh, that, that you can even imagine. But, and I think some of this is Nets fatigue as well. People don't want to, people don't even want to think about the Nets. I don't think. And so no. you don't even, you don't even consciously watch them. You're not really paying attention. You're just like, Oh, it's the Nets. Uh, so I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think you're you're definitely right about that. And you know, Ben Simmons is injured again. I know he's not going to play in their next game. He had been playing well, uh, relatively at least for him prior to that injury. Uh, kind of a rough game in their win over Portland, but still had 12 rebounds, eight assists in that one. I mean, he had a he had a six game run where he averaged 14, eight, seven, two steals, block and a half, uh, and looked noticeably more comfortable around the rim. Like that, if I'm the Nets, that's what I'm encouraged mostly about is that Simmons went from just refusing to shoot whatsoever, basically looking like Philly Simmons uh, at the end of his run there to something, you know, it was kind of right when he came back from that, that first absence uh, that they played uh, a couple games out of the West coast, like Lakers, Clippers, Kings, uh, somewhere in there is when he started becoming more aggressive and he's still not really getting to the free throw line. Not that that's a, a bad thing because he's not going to make them anyway. Uh, but at least the field goal attempts have been there. The aggressiveness has been there. Um, I mean, he's basically had like his five best games of the year in the last two weeks. Yeah, I think he, he's definitely easing into it. You know, 79% shooting over his past seven games before he got hurt. He just doesn't, he can sort of roam around, you know, find, just fill open space, uh, catch, look for passes, drive to pass. It's still not an ideal situation for him, but he was, he was you know, sort of making the most of it. Uh, and some of that may be him getting healthier too, like healthier slash more comfortable. You have to remember he's like coming off, you know, like, yes, he missed a whole season. A lot of that he said was due to mental health issues, but he also had back surgery. We can't forget that. Yeah. And so the fact that he started slow isn't too surprising. It's unfortunate that he got hurt again. But um, if you haven't been fantasy, obviously this most recent injury is is not good. But if you've held him this long, I think you just continue to hold and you just hope that he can at least start, you know, if he can put up that 13, seven and six with a steal and a half, he's going to be a really good fantasy player for you. He's inside the top 100 on the year uh, in per game <laughs> value, eight categories. So, I mean, that was, I can assure you that was not the case a week ago. Uh, so he's, he's making progress. Uh, speaking of being inside the top 100 bowl, bowl, uh, a top 50 <laughs> player in some formats. He is 51st. Uh, according to our rankings on the site, that's per game value. Uh, if, if you go to total value, because I, I don't know if Bull Bull has even missed a game yet this year, total value, he is the 30th ranked fantasy player <laughs> on the year. Bull Bull, I, I don't even look at like what his roster ship was coming into the year. 
it had to be pretty close to zero in redraft leagues. I mean, it's, it's down in Orlando. I, I think, you know, casual fans are, you see the highlights on Twitter and you're, you're just like, Oh, okay. That's cool that he's doing well. Like does the average person, are, are they aware that bowl bowl is starting every night for the Orlando magic? He played 39 minutes against the nets uh, last night. I mean, he, this is like a, a full on revelation at this point. And like, I, I feel like we've been willing this to happen uh, all the way back since he came out in the second round of that 2019 draft. And you know, I, I wrote a, a note on him earlier today or edited one. I don't even know. I would, I'm just, you know, when I get in bowl bowl mode, my, my mind just blanks out. <laughs> I, I I can't believe it's happening. Like, yeah, it's, it's the Orlando magic. Yeah. Maybe he wouldn't have this opportunity on a good team. I don't care. I mean, I, I coming into the year, if you told me that bowl bowl would never play another NBA game, I would be like, yeah, that, that wouldn't be that shocking. Bowl bowl answers the question. What if Mo Bamba was good? Uh, and I, I think the magic <laughs> sort of figured that out. I, uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't see a lot of time in Denver. I mean, he was, he was relatively injured in Denver, right? The injury concerns were there. Yeah. They were real. They didn't want to deal with the development. They were just like, you know what? Let's, let's send him off to Orlando where Orlando can, can sort of develop him and play them however much they want. And it's working out, man. I mean, I, I watch him and a lot of the shots he makes, they just look awkward and fluky because he just has that sort of lanky, long, awkward body type. But somehow I think, I think sometimes it's a, it's a mentality change with these players. And I think at least from when I watch bull bull, it's hard to say if this was the case before because he was playing so little, but it feels like someone just like got in his ear and was like, look, th- like think about how tall you are. You can just shoot over mm-hmm. anybody. And he, and he, he takes a lot of these like, six seven foot sort of like running half layup half hook shots just over defenders you know you try to switch like a six foot eight guy onto him and um it just doesn't work he just flips the shots right over and it's a credit to him that he's making those i mean i'm sure he's putting a ton of time but and then obviously he's a menace on the defensive end too 42 mm-hmm. from three on the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a guy who in, in years past, if you watched him, like he basically would only play in blowouts or in games where the nuggets would rest like five guys and he would just go crazy. And his shot selection was all over the place. Like he's reined it in. Like he's not taking that many threes. He's only taking two per game, but they're good looks. I mean, he's hitting them at, like we said, 42% had three threes. Uh, that was a career high last night uh, against the nets. He's blocking a ton of shots. Uh, he's even handing out assists every now and then. I mean, he was basically a Hassan Whiteside uh, assist level player, early on, but he's got four straight games now with multiple assists could probably be a better rebounder at that size, but yeah, it's been fun, man. I, I, he is one of those guys, given the size, given the history, you always wonder about staying healthy, but like, I, I, I find myself wondering, you know, I, I assume he's, he's either on, a, he's got to be on a one-year deal. I would think at this point, I, you know, I, I don't think that the second round contracts go all the way through four years. Like if, if he plays out the season, stays healthy, you know, averages like 14, eight and, and two and a half blocks and shoots 55% from the field. Like, is he, is he getting like $50 million in free agency? It's hard to say. Um, also something shocking. You mentioned how little he played in Denver. He only has 74 NBA games under his belt. Before, right. b- before he's only he got, yeah, before he got to Orlando, he played 328 total minutes. Um, after being drafted 44th overall in 2019. Hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, you mentioned his passing. He, like, he's a little turnover prone right now, but at some point you have to start weighing the def- the the turnovers against, like, his defensive impact. And I don't – I mean, 
you know, I know the contract, uh, the um, the salary cap is going up, right? A lot of these like rookie extensions that like Tyler right. Hero signed, they're gonna. This is what I hear. They're gonna look like great deals going forward. So yeah, if Bull Bull got like a four year fifty million from somebody. I, right. that, that's that's like the Bobby Portis contract. Yeah, and at this point, I think the injury concerns are still there. But why couldn't Bull Bull be Bobby Portis for somebody? Right, and I think there's there's always going to be that intrigue with him too. Where like I, I so I'm looking right now. He he has two point two million dollar non guaranteed deal for next year. Uh, I would imagine that the Magic uh, would yeah. guarantee that they can do that midsummer. Um, you know, you, you can still work out an extension if you want. But yeah, if they if it, if they let him get to free agency after this year, and again, if he stays healthy and he keeps this up, like there would be a bowl bowl bidding war going on. Like it's 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 one thing to uh, kind of get like the hometown disc hometown discount contract, basically like the Mo Bamba contract in Orlando. It's like right. you know you're not doing any better than this, pal. You should take it. But if bowl bowl were to hit the open market, I think it'd be really interesting because there are so many teams out there that would say, like like you mentioned Bobby Portis. It's like yeah, it, in in terms of like the overall role, I think that's what he could bring to a team, but there might be a team out there that says like, look, we want to put the ball in this guy's hands and see what happens. I mean, Ben Carroll was comparing him to Wembenyama last night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, if you're, if you're a winning team, I don't know. I mean, there's a mix. It's like, if, if you're a bad team, I, I don't think if you're a bad team, he's going to play that much of a bigger role than he is in Orlando. Uh, it's, it's hard to imagine because the role jump is so big compared to where he is now. Like it's hard for me to start thinking like, what if some team tries to make him their third option for real? Uh, yeah. But that, that might every, be trouble. <laughs> right. Every, every playoff team just needs that guy off the bench to shake things up, play 20 to 28 minutes a game can fill it. Like bowl can fill in, you know, maybe three positions. He might be able to right. play small forward through center. He's not ideal at center because of his, he's so skinny, but it's always good to have one of those guys. So yeah, I mean, like you're, like you're saying, Maybe less guaranteed money, uh, but uh, I mean, four years 50 in modern NBA terms is not a lot of money at all for someone that's shown this much upside. Guys have shown less. Marvin Bagley got $30 million. He's never been as good as Bull Bull is right now. At no point. No, Bull Bull has had like 10 better games this year than, than anything Bagley has done. Uh, at the NBA level. And yeah, I, I just threw out the 50 million. Like you said, that, that could be high, could be low, um, you know, with the salary cap seemingly going up by like $200 million every year. Uh, it's impossible to say, but um, all right. I want to hit a couple more things and we'll get out of here. Jaron Jackson, top 25 player. So it's coming back. Uh, he's only played in five games. They, they've been relatively cautious with him. Although it's hard to say because he, he even last year was playing like 25 minutes half the time, but uh, you know, his last four games, he's been, up over 20 points. The blocks have been there. Uh, did not have a block uh, against the Knicks on Sunday, but had three, five, three, and five in his first four games back. Memphis has had other guys in and out. I think Morant didn't play in at least one of those games. Uh, but I, I was not prepared for Jaron Jackson to hit the ground running this quickly. I mean, it's like I said, he played 25 minutes in his first game back, and it's hard to tell if that's a minutes restriction or just how they want to use him. He's always had foul trouble too. Yeah. Uh, that's been a little bit, you know, for him. So his, his minutes stay a little bit low because of that. I mean, he's, he's in position. Like he's, he's 23 years old. Like the injuries have started to pile up. I think they've hampered, hampered his development, but it's so clear. Like what his upside is, is this sort of this three point shooting shot blocking, uh, modern center, uh, slash power forward. You know, they still like to play Steven Adams there, but he, you know, to me, to me, the, 
the biggest sign, and it's something I bring up all the time, is the free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. And he's at like six free throw attempts a game right now. And that's a lot for a guy like him, who's mostly a pick and pop guy. So I think being really aggressive uh, continuing to be aggressive for him will be will be huge for his development. So I, he, I hope he continues um, doing that. Um, it's I, At this point, it, I, I'm just thinking about this in the context of the Brandon Clark contract. Like, what is going on there? Like that, I don't want to say that ruined, that's ruining things for Memphis, but four years, 50 for Clark. Yeah, I know it's a whole contract. Exactly. I know it's I know it's insurance for Jaron Jackson, who's always hurt, but they just can't they don't even they don't even play him this year. Like they like Aldama just as much. Right. And they've, you know, I don't know if David Roddy's really been that good, but um, you know, him and LaRavia are, I mean, they're playing. So yeah. it's yeah, I know you didn't want to turn this into a bl- a Brandon Clark discussion, well, but it's hard to sort of separate the two. Oh, look, I'll, I'll have a Brandon Clark discussion. I, I'm not against <laughs> that. Uh, I mean, LaRavia and, and Roddy have basically been playing as much, if not more, on some nights than Brandon Clark. So, yeah, it was a, a weird call. Um, you know, certainly the contract would imply that they liked everything they saw for Brandon Clark. I agreed with that. I, I think he's been really good uh, when filling in. You know, he was awesome as a rookie, uh, You know, kind of middling the next year, but seemed like last season he, he had rediscovered that, gave up a ton of great minutes. I mean, the, the field goal percentage was up big last season relative to two years ago. Um, so I, I liked that deal at the time, but yeah, you go and you draft uh, or you trade away a guard, you draft two forwards. Obviously you got Jared Jackson back. I mean, Xavier Tillman every now and then uh, finds his way into this rotation. Not as much this year uh, as last. You have Steven Adams as well. Um, well, and, yeah. well, and Zaire Williams hasn't even played this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I mean, a- once, once he comes back, I mean, Conchar even could play the three a little bit too. I mean, yeah. they, they have a ton of three slash fours on this team. And I think the the big problem that I have with Clark, especially the fact that he's backing up Steven Adams is you're getting zero shooting out of either of those guys. Yeah. I think the hope was for Clark to develop a little bit into a three point shooter, but his attempts have gone down like rookie. He was taking one, three, a game sophomore. He was taking almost one and a half. And now he's down to like a three, every third game. And so that's just not going to happen. I just, it's possible that he, again, he sort of turns it around and it's not bad to have that guy as insurance, but I don't know. But I, again, I apologize for derailing the Jaron Jackson um, situation. Do you think, okay, if you, if you have him on your fantasy roster, do you think he's a, do you think he's a sell high or is this, do you just ride this out? So the only roster that I have him on is NFBKC where of course we, we cannot make trades. So uh, this is not something I've had to consider I, I would ride it out for a little bit longer. Um, you know, presumably, obviously, you had to spend a, a reasonable amount of draft capital on him, and he did beat the timetable. I mean, based on how that recovery from the meniscus went, uh, I don't even know if that was last year or two years ago. Like, I was expecting him to be out significantly longer, and and I think most people were. So you, it's not like he had to burn like a fourth round pick, but uh, you might be a little behind in blocks. You might be a little bit behind uh, in some of the categories you're expecting from him. So I would I would try to milk this for at least a few more weeks, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume you're implying that he could get hurt again. He could get hurt again, but I think you also bake that into his ADP anyway. Like, I think people yeah. were drafting him late, knowing that he could come back late and that he could get hurt again. So I don't. I, I'm mostly asking because I was sort. I, I was curious what you think. I don't necessarily think he is a sell high. Some people were talking about, like, I think, you know, 
I wouldn't have hated the idea of selling high like his first game back or maybe even like right before he came back just in case. Mm-hmm. But now I mean, think I think what he's doing is sustainable. All the percentages are sustainable. It's not crazy for him to average, you know, roughly three blocks a game. I don't think Zaire Williams coming back is going to come into Jaron Jackson's shock attempts that much. If anything, there's just going to be no minutes for for Roddy and Laravia anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's where this goes. I, I could tell you I will not be I would not be selling high on him, even if I could trade him in NFPKC, because that is a league in which I have both Harden and Bain. Uh, so oh I'm desperate for for any type of production at this point. I also have Bancaro in that league. So we went through a, a rough couple of weeks, uh, to say the least. But uh, if Harden comes back within a reasonable timetable, should be relatively okay there. Uh, I want to check in real quickly on uh, a couple of rookies. Might just end up being one. We'll see how many we feel like hitting. But Jabari Smith, a couple decent games of late. Didn't do a whole lot uh, against the Nuggets uh, in their last game on Monday. Nine points, only played 17 minutes. I had a little bit of foul trouble in that game, but finally finding the three-point stroke, uh, at least a little bit here. Seven games, or his last seven games, 41% from three on seven attempts. This is this is the shooter we were promised. It is. I, I think he just needs to be more aggressive and just shoot the three. And again, it could be a mentality thing where he just needs to realize, I, you know, I'm 6'10", 6'11". If a six foot six guy is closing out on me, I'm I'm open. Like, he can't, he cannot block my shot. Right. And so um, I think, I think that's part of it too. And he's playing with a lot of high usage guys. Um, I, I think there's probably, you know, if they are playing with a traditional center uh, sort of in Sangoon, Sangoon doesn't really shoot threes. Right. So he's traditional in that sense. I think there's, there would be an opportunity for him. Like if I, if, if I was coaching the Rockets, I would be playing, uh, a little to a lot less of Bruno Fernando and Usman Garuba and just rolling with Jabari. Oh, controversial Smith. take. I know I would be, I'd be trying to play Jabari Smith at backup center as much as possible to play five out and to have him that also opens him up to be able to cut more, get to the free throw line more, use his length around the rim and in the lane. Um, but it is encouraging overall uh, that, that he is shooting better. I really think he's in like an all-time bad spot for a rookie. And I know the Rockets can be fun. Like I I still like Jalen Green a lot. I am not a Kevin Porter guy at all. I I think we'll look back on this and Jabari Smith's not going to be LeBron, but in the same way that we look back and be like, oh yeah, that's right. LeBron played with like Darius Miles and Ricky Davis and those guys. Like that's kind of how this Houston team feels to be. Like Kevin Porter goes into every game with one goal and that is to just rack up as many personal statistics as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, I, I, you know, if you if you control for the games that Jabari Smith has taken more than two free throws, which is five games, he's averaging 18 points a game in those games. Right. So I think there's just he needs to get more aggressive getting into the basket, which, again, easier said than done. Their team structures a certain way. But um, he's not obviously he's not a bust. Right. It's just that we also have so many guys like we're probably going to get. I mean, Ben Carroll's always mine. Matherin's going crazy. You know, Keegan Murray's been a little bit up and down, but this is. You know, he's he's getting lost in the shuffle just a little bit. I saw Jabari Smith dropped in one league that I was in. I, I, w- I was unable to grab him. Um, I'm seeing he's rostered in, in over 80% of Yahoo leagues. So that is a little bit of an exception. Murray's the other guy I wanted to hit on. 62% rostered now in Yahoo leagues. I, I, I did not really see the swoon coming. I, I thought he would be one of those guys who hits the ground running and is, is just a really, really solid rookie. And that was the case for his first, what, four or five games. 
And ever since then, I mean, it's been, it's been really ugly. And, you know, the, the shot has kind of completely abandoned him. He's at 28% from three over his last 12 games. I mean, he's had some, some really, really rough efforts in there. He was one of six against Boston the other night. He was one of six against Detroit last week. Um, you know, did have a, a nice game in their win over Golden State earlier this month. But other than that, I mean, he, he's been in, in single digits in nine of the last 12 games. Yeah, it's tough to say. He, he, he had a personal issue. His grandmother had a stroke. Um, mm. So I think... I think that could be some of it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if that's kind of been weighing on him. And so I don't, I don't have like a take as far as that goes. Like I, if, he, if he's playing bad because of that, it's like, that can't be helped obviously. Right. So I, I don't, I don't blame anybody for dropping him. It just hasn't been good. And we've seen Harrison Barnes kind of pick it up too um, over the stress to make up for it. And they're, they're, you know, as a team, they're so hot offensively that they just don't, they just don't really need him right now. And so him checking out essentially, or just not playing that well, isn't affecting yeah. them that much. Uh, so I, if, if I had him in fantasy, which I don't, I would hang on as long as possible. But if you're in a 12 teamer yeah. and it's just not, something's not going well for you, you can drop him. I think it's fine. He's somebody I would be terrified to drop because at, at some point it feels like this is going to correct itself. Uh, it, it might be in a week. It might be in two months. So if, if it's the latter, then yeah, go ahead and drop him. Um, you know, I, I would be doing everything I can, you know, like you said, if you're in a shallow league and you know, if you can, you know, if you, if you can add somebody who's more consistent right now, obviously you got to do that. Um, but I, I, I would try to hold him as long as I can. I, I really do think at some point uh, there, there's going to be pretty significant upside here, but as you alluded to, I mean, they have Harrison Barnes. They, they have Kevin Herter playing really well. Um, you know, Barnes was, was the guy I, I think that a lot of people thought might become expendable uh, with Keegan Murray here. But I, I think as, as long as Keegan Murray is, is slumping, they really need Harrison Barnes. I mean, he's, he's back to playing 30, 35 minutes on a lot of nights. And he's going to be a trade candidate if the Kings do go through a swoon. But as long as they're competitive, I, I think they probably hold on to Barnes. Um, you know, this is not exactly a forward-thinking organization in general and I think if they if they have a chance even at the play-in they're, they're not they're not going to start selling off assets even if that's what might be best for the future of the franchise no and he's someone too who he's just a he's a good teammate to have and he's in a good role like Harrison yeah, Barnes as your fourth nice. or, Harrison Barnes as your fourth or fifth option he doesn't demand the ball he plays good defense um he plays within the flow of the offense Again, it's just like not a bad guy to have on your team, almost no matter what your situation is, if you're a winning team. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they hung on to him, but he mm-hmm. he is definitely someone who is who's relatively inconsistent as well. He's a like guy you'd want to marry your daughter uh, type of character. <laughs> I've, I've never met Harrison Barnes. That's just the impression that I get. Seems like that's a really his, genuine good guy. That's the best way to describe his on court <laughs> play is a guy you'd want to marry your daughter. Yes, that's how he plays exactly. on the court. <laughs> It kind of does in a lot of ways. Uh, I would say Andrew Wiggins plays that way as well. Um, all right, let's get out of here on that note. Uh, no more. Uh, which NBA player would you want to date your daughter? Uh, we'll save that to the next pod. Uh, maybe bring that up to Ken on Friday and see how that goes over. I will. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. 
Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 